Hey folks, Michael from Pro Football Ireland. Quick one, this was recorded prior to Bill Balachick leaving New England. Bar that, we're good to go. Have a great Super Wildcard weekend. Hey folks, welcome into Pro Football Ireland as we get set for Super Wildcard weekend. That's right, Super Wildcard weekend. Michael McQuaid, Mark Hogan, I don't know where Jason Hayes is, but we're here, we're ready to go. Mark, what makes the wildcard weekend super this weekend obviously before we say anything presented by 888 sport the official batting partner of the nfl ireland's biggest nfl outlet pro football ireland from las vegas starts on february the 4th mark what makes super wildcard weekend super this slate 100 like in recent years if you look at it there's always like one game that you're like ah I wouldn't mind if that was the Monday night game and I'll go to bed early and check the score in the morning. This year's game is the Bucks eagles It's very fascinating because of where the Eagles are at. But like genuinely looking at the slate, every single one of them is exciting. We're really lucky with how the NFL has set it up that we have the Saturday games that are the Saturday games the Browns are playing, the Texans. I'm super interested. I think that's my game of the week that I'm really, really excited for. Um, because I like those two teams, whichever one comes out of that is going to be really exciting going forward. We obviously have the Dolphins Chiefs that Saturday night. You can run down through it later on, but 100%, Michael, um, I didn't know that you are asking that straight off the top, but I had looked into it. Last year, obviously, we had the Chiefs playing the Eagles, the two number one seeds met each other in the Super Bowl. Before that, the last time it happened was 2018. And in between that, like we saw in 2022, the number one seeds get knocked off in their first game. It was the Titans and the Packers. So when you're looking forward and being like, who is going to be that team that like the Bucks a few years ago, the number five wildcard team go on to win the Super Bowl. Like, I think that like it's so unpredictable and that's been it all year. Every team outside those number one seeds has a chink in their armor that you're like, who's going to push on now? And I think that's what makes it super. Cliche is all you, uh, cliche as it's supposed to be from you. I actually do think of all years after the season that we had as well. It's been the best season, I think, in the 12 years I've been following NFL. I think uh, I think it's a serious slate, Michael. A, ser- a serious slate, my friend. And it's, it's funny because it didn't really hit me until Jeff asked me in a podcast the other day, Jeff coming to Ireland I, at the end of this month, eight nights. L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash NFL Ireland for more information on that we're announcing guests next week Jeff was saying about the the games itself Mark and the slate and you know whenever I actually looked at the slate I thought to myself you know you're right this is probably the best wildcard slate we've ever had I don't personally agree with the second seed not getting a bye week I think first and second should be getting the bye but I understand the new rules I understand the, the different schedules that we have and I think every one of those games has such a storyline, and we're going to go into that in a bit, and we're going to actually talk around certain storylines because it feels like this season that the NFL writers have sat around the table and they've come up with 100 different topics for the season, and they've all hit. So it's it's really, really interesting. It's, it's an exciting time to be a fan. Just to roll through those games very quickly, in case you're in the car, two-second job, Houston-Cleveland, Kansas City-Miami, Buffalo-Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay-Philly, the Rams and the Lions and Dallas and Green Bay. We're going to get into that a lot down the stretch. Can I just ask you one thing more completely off topic before we start this uh, non-superstar player discussion? Did you Do you like Week 18? Because I felt like Sunday was a bit meh. 
or maybe I'm going to be done for that. I honestly, I thought Saturday night was excellent. I think the Bills and Dolphins should have been Saturday night prime time. Do you know you wake up with that feeling like ah, it's the wor- it's the last week of the year. I think it's easier when it's week 18 and there's little on the line for a lot of teams that they're getting benched. If that was happening in week 17, you feel a bit more robbed. But it's kind of like Stevens' day. You've had the big day the week before. And it's like, yeah, if some were taken off. Like, Mike Cardinals obviously uh, had a serious game as well. And, like, it's enjoyable from that sense. Like, you don't want it to end. You feel like it's sad that we're losing, what, is 18 teams? But, like, it has to come to an end at some point. I, I don't mind. I don't mind the extra game. I agree with what you're saying about I did prefer the old wildcard setup. Or, sorry, the old playoffs setup. The six teams and the two getting the boy. I do agree there. But, like, again, more football is better. Like, I suppose it, this year, the Steelers don't look like a strong number seven, but they don't look any weaker than any of the other sevens that we've had in previous years, whereas the Rams look like a really good seven. And I'm glad that they were able to get in. There was permutations there for a while that was looking weird. I was like, I thought the Saints, because I said to you, I thought the Bears and the Cardinals had a right shot at creating some upsets, and the Saints could have gotten in there. And, you know, there was there was so much on the line that there's certain teams that you want there. But I think we have a legitimate NFC side just because it's been competitive all year. It's not like the Vikings snuck in, you know, this kind of way. Whereas disregard, and I hope your uh, other employer, the Steelers, isn't upset with me saying that. I love the Steelers, but like with TJ Watt out now and with a quarterback situation that we don't know, like what's going on, like they've been a weird story all year and they're probably the only one that I wasn't like. At the same time, I'd probably take them over the Colts or the Jags at this point in the season. Although I would actually love to do the Jags. So, sorry, I'll stop waffling. I hope that answered the question somewhere. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back in to talk to that whenever it's time for storylines. And I'm sure we'll we'll touch every game because I feel like we're going to touch a few things this week on that. Um, I've actually just recorded the Cedars podcast there now, so I'm sure you'll be intrigued to hear some of our thoughts down the stretch, you know, shamelessly plugging a non-pro football Ireland podcast. Do you know what, that. though? I love it, though. Um, my brother's a Cedars fan and... Getting the guys off the podcast and Paddy Clifford and that shouting out the team before obviously that massive game on Saturday. Those little touches are serious. Sorry, I've said serious now three times. I know it's funny because I literally got those oh, videos. My vocab is you had the videos for people. I thought it was really cool, Michael, that that kind of stuff was happening. And um, they announced that they got into the playoffs in Irish. I just got it. I didn't miss. I just got it. I missed the cut. You know. Did you <laughs> anyway? No, I, I sent my video too late. It was really funny because I see like like Dave's drone lad and then up, up pops Polly Clifford. I'm like, this is nuts. If you told me a year ago this is going to happen, I'd be laughing at you. Um, my brother really was disappointed not to get on video. and I think that's a good sign for Steelers fans that like, you know, and for the Steelers themselves that there's a Steelers fan sitting near me and he's like, oh, I want to be represented on that. I think that's powerful growth from the team. You can tell that Steelers fan beside you, I own 50 euro. Next <laughs> is a really interesting one this week. Uh, two vital non-superstar level players looking at that non-super like we're at the point of the season where you don't just rely on that X factor or that next level player you rely on so many guys around you in that team and Mark we have not really discussed this so I'm really interested to hear who your first pick for a vital non-superstar player is for a team it doesn't have to be a playoff team but it would probably make sense if it was this week yeah, we wanted to stay away from those obvious MVP candidates and, you know, otherwise we're just here talking about Christian McCaffrey again and give some love to maybe, or maybe not some love, maybe kick up the arse. That's what I'm going to be coming with later on. But it was a topic that I was going into week 18 knowing that we'd probably be talking about this week. So I was really paying attention. And of course, Sam Laporta from the Detroit Lions 
drops with that knee injury. Now, over the last couple of days, it's insane. You're thinking, oh, he is like this eight months turnaround for an ACL or something before he's able to get back training. I don't know if it's smoke and mirrors or what, but it looks like he's going to be on the field this weekend. I don't know if that's because they're like, they can, you know, prolong and get away with putting him through surgery. I don't know what it is, but he's a game changer for the Detroit Lions. They have obviously had a very powerful uh, passing attack this year, but when it comes down to Sam Laporte and the element that he adds himself, he's the fifth most receiving yards by a tight end this year, 889. I don't know. I mean, he, he was obviously highly drafted, but were they expecting that out of him, that element that he was able to get the team? But crucially, I think that he is tied in a four-way tie, I should say, but tied fourth nonetheless across the league in receiving touchdowns, along with Alan Ross and Brennan, obviously the wide receiver. If he is lost, they're going to lose a massive dent from the offense. I mean, Josh Reynolds, the number two receiver, has been respectable of himself, five yards, 608, five touchdowns, 608 yards this year. I mean, he's a great guy to have behind, but it's definitely the three-pronged attack has been massive, especially for Jared Goff. We're probably going to talk about him a bit later on, but I think Sam Laporta, if he's out, the two tight ends that they have in Detroit behind him have a combined catches together of 15 catches and 119 yards that's a massive drop off at the position Sam Laporte has been doing all all this year so it'd be devastating if he's gone yes sir Sam Laporta it's a really really interesting choice I, I, I love the Detroit Lions hype on this podcast and shout out to my wife for putting the wash on in the middle of this podcast thanks Lynn you finally made the podcast <laughs> thank you for doing that much love um I was sitting around going, I don't want to pick an obvious option. I don't want to pick a boring option. I thought, well, let's not pick a boring team. Let's pick somebody on the Kansas City Chiefs roster. They've had like a yo-yo season, Mark. And we're going to talk about them in a bit, probably in the second segment of the audio podcast for people listening. I'm not that convinced about them down the stretch. But funnily enough, when you've got a guy like Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't really matter to an extent sometimes who you have around you as long as you can get the job done. We know that Mahomes has not had the weapons around him for some time now. Even though if you look at his quarterback deal, that it's quite team-friendly if you're starting to look at some of the numbers different guys like Lamar Jackson has, for example. But he's not the guys around him. And this year, he still leads the league. Quarterback stat-wise, in passing yards, passing first downs, passing touchdowns, total offensive yards, and passes of 25 yards or more, which is mad to think because we're talking about the Chiefs and how they're taking a little bit down the way on the offense. But one guy I was looking at on the offensive line was Joe Tooney. Joe, I, I can't pronounce Joe Bonnie's Joe's Bonnie, Joe Tooney's surname. He was named a couple of, last week to his second Pro Bowl. And it's funny because it took him to join the Chiefs to actually make the Pro Bowl in the first place. It's, it's as if people actually forgot he existed before he went to Kansas City. Um, obviously, former NC State, former New England as well. Patrick Mahomes has been sacked uh, the second fewest times of any qualified quarterback in the NFL this season. And as far as I'm concerned, that's in no part less to only one person, and that is Joe Tooley. Um, he is the league's top-rated pass blocker coming into week 19 of the season, their Super Wildcard weekend. And if you look at how Donovan Smith and Jawan Taylor are getting paid and Creed Humphrey, Tooney's literally walk, walking them out of the park. You know, he is literally came over from the Patriots in a free agent deal and he is really showing 
that at that level he might not be elite but he's certainly doing a lot more than getting the job done he's protecting Mahomes and I feel that he deserves a lot more respect around the league personally because we've seen situations this year where the Chiefs have really really struggled offensively Mahomes has found that he hasn't had enough time when he gets out of the pocket to actually make a throw because a lot of his receivers that are eligible just aren't making those runs for him but certainly He's not getting sacked as much as he probably would have been without guys like Joe Tooney there. So I think he's done a remarkable job. And it's funny because the feeling in a lot of the states at the moment, a lot of the states in the US at the moment, among general NFL fans, is the board stat that Kansas City will find a way to win over the next three weeks and get to Vegas in February. And he'll be a huge part of that if they do. Because we know, if anything, they can turn that on. I think it's going to be key to see how he plays over the next few weeks, especially Going up against a stout Miami defense. Mahomes is going to need all the protection he gets. But definitely a star for me. What do you reckon? Who's your next one? Well, I'll just uh, say there, like, yeah, in the playoffs, going back, what, two years when Patrick Mahomes got banged up, it was because they went to build the offensive line. I suppose they haven't gotten as much credit now for not spending a wide receiver and spending on the offensive line as, uh, instead. But sure isn't it important now and it's at least what had been a weakness. And that's the funny thing as we go into the offseason, that teams and fans and players will want to invest in one particular area that was a, a need this year and it's going to cost them elsewhere that's literally what happened with the Kansas City Chiefs here that they have the O-line now but then where the players around it but at least Patrick Mahomes isn't going to be hobbling during the Super Bowl to a point that you're like why is he on the field uh, my number two guy and this is where I was saying someone might need to kick up the arse Philadelphia Eagles um, I know like we're probably going to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles a little bit later on. I think we're going to predict that they beat the Bucks, and we're probably going to talk about them more again next week, although who knows. But the offense is one thing, but the defense is something that I don't think has been getting talked about enough in terms of like what the hell has happened to it. But last year you lost Jonathan Gannon to the Cardinals. He got replaced by Sean Desai. He was now been replaced as the defensive coordinator, play caller by Matt Patricia because it wasn't going well. Um, the guys like CJ Gardner-Johnson who went to the Lions, uh, Javon Hargrave that went to San Francisco 49ers. It has met, led to massive change in the, how they do things. It, like It was that they were able to defend the run and then they can't defend the run. They went to the pass. But when you look at it in terms of straight numbers, I suppose, last year, points per Points per possession, they were 10th in the NFL. Yards per possession, they were 7th. Those numbers have dropped to 30 and 31st, respectively. And a guy that was drafted last year to replace Javon Hargraves was Jordan Davis. And a guy like him now, I think, needs to step up. And why does he need to step up? He's after getting called out this week, first of all, by Brian Baldinger for being overweight. And it's kind of thrown, I suppose, light on it that, you know, maybe they weren't you know keeping track of him enough and that he does need to do more I can't get into that I don't know what the guy weighs but Brian Baldinger was definitely saying that he's probably getting fined week to week or is he getting fined week to week to put him under some pressure but he yeah, actually looked him yeah probably he could be I mean again how, how, how do I know I'm not connected to Philadelphia so there's no point of speculating we're just a podcast over here but he had two and a half sacks this year all of them came before week seven what's he been doing since Versus a Javon Hargraves, who was massive for that Eagles team. Of course, he got paid. He was, what, he was the number one ranked free agent this year as a result of what he did last year. So when you're looking at, do the Eagles need to get a rotational guy or something around there? 
to to help. It's like he needs to step up and show his pedigree because he certainly does have it. Hopefully, those comments from Brian Baldinger can light a fire up under him and he's able to go off against this Tampa Bay team that has its own decent offensive line, I should say. There's so much to unpack on the Eagles and I feel like we'll keep it for the next part. There is so much there. Like It's actually scary because I think that's the most boring game of the weekend by country mile. I think I text you actually on Monday morning going, no, I'm not saying mm. that. Because well, I, I'm glad that it's not. Like that that's the funny thing. They like if they put, say, the Lions Rams game, I thought they were gonna put Lions Rams on Monday night. It's like, how can you do that? Now it's the same thing for me. Got it. Yeah, I am too, but I'm I'm happy with the Saturday games. I'm glad that they've gone AFC first because I think the AFC is just so exciting that I don't actually mind that the NFC and sure we got the the games that we need to go first, first, the ones that we'll definitely be awake for. I love that um, Packers Dallas is gonna be the nine thirty game. And we're going to get to see Cedars Buffalo at six o'clock on Sunday. So yeah, I actually I think that they the schedule broke is good good for us, really. You could tell what I'm talking now as I yawn. Why I'm I'm not going to lie, like I love the NFL. Um, I'm taking care of myself this month. We have a eight, eight night tour. We have a week in Vegas coming up. I just I, I'm taking care of myself. Gonna. Maybe watch that game at six AM, and I put my phone in the airplane. Well, that's, sure, that's the thing about sports, like it's like we don't actually have to watch it live. It's just that nothing beats. You have to watch. watch it this the thing. Yeah, if, this yeah. is the mad thing, right? And let's like I'll I'll see my player in a second, but this there's so little football left. Like I was saying this to Jeff. Literally, you got this week, you got next week, and then we're on the road before Championship Sunday. Like that is insane. So. Yeah, it's just, it's going to be scary biscuits. I'm really looking forward to it. I think I'll watch every game this weekend apart from the Monday night game live. Uh, and then my usual schedule now is just get up Sky Plus and record it. Actually moving the Virgin. Yeah. Virgin TV. Oh, really? Scary biscuits. Yeah. Scary biscuits there. Shout out to them. But the plan is to maybe record that and get up and not know the score. But everyone's thrilled now because normally there's a ton of games that you have to catch up on I can't wait for a Monday afternoon now that I'm not trying to catch up on games and like skipping through parts that I don't really want to watch the film study is going to be a lot easier now going forward Michael well you'll be longing but the thing is we'll be longing for it come Paddy's day it's mad already longing for the 16 game schedule when Scott Hansen is signing off the other day it's mad on the personal level and this sort of goes into the player I'm going to talk about with his team uh, I was watching College Game Day a couple of nights ago, and I know the next time that they're on previewing game will be in Dublin, and it's it's surreal because I, it feels like I was in the VOU and the other lads um, only a few weeks ago, and the whole, the whole season's over, so certainly looking forward to that. If you're watching Pat McAfee, I mean, the one shed there on Thursday night, let's make it happen, my man. I know you, I know you listen. I hope you listen. I'm going to serenade you in Vegas. He's not going to be in Radio Row, you know, because they've got their own studio. A ball. Oh, no. I know. Any, anyway, back to first world no. problems. People in Galway <laughs> or Leash are driving going, well, these boys just shut the F up. Um, anywho, anywho, I'm talking about college football because Jim Harbour won the national championship of Michigan. I seen his brother, John, come over and hug him. And if you haven't seen his parents' reaction, it's just, it's very, very heartwarming. I cried a little bit when I seen it. I'm not going to lie in my old age. And to see John Harbour's reaction to Jim was awesome, but John Harbour's got one hell of a team there. And I think whenever Jim came out and said that he's now got seated at the big boy table in his house, I think he doesn't realize his brother, John, could literally be three and a half to four weeks away from winning the second Super Bowl ring. Because I was so close 
to putting Kyle Hamilton on this list. So close. And I thought, do you know what? I'm gonna, yeah, I think he's a complete difference maker in this Ravens team. We haven't even seen that mushroom yet. But there's been flashes this season of brilliance. And I think he's going to come up clutch over the next few weeks. Remember that statement. Remember that statement. This is where you tell me he's injured now. Um, or out for the season or something. In, no, in, I, I'm just thinking back on seeing him in Frankfurt Airport. Or no, where, which airport was that? Oh, was too that? many bloody airports, man. Don't say. Stanford Airport. Far too many airports. airports. Saying that he should he have was, gotten yeah, ejected. He, he, he missed the game against the Steelers. He missed, I think, week 17. He's back now. I think he's going to be a big, big note. He stopped and spoke to us in Stanford, as you remember out there, along with David Ajabo. Shout out to them. Tyler Linderbaum, center for the, for the Ravens. Everyone talks about Gart Wilson. Brock Purdy, these young stars in the league when it comes to rookies, first, second year guys. Lindebaum literally walked in to a Baltimore team that replaced a guy called Bradley Bozeman and has made it seamless. He has got room to grow in terms of his pass blocking abilities, but he really fits that efficient run game that the Ravens have had because Edwards. We've even seen a bit of Melvin Gordon with the backup team the other night. And he is vital over the next three to four weeks to keeping Lamar Jackson uptight with Ronnie Stanley in there. And I, I really see this Ravens team going far. I think the Ravens will get to the AFC Championship minimum. And I think personally, if we sit here now on the 11th of January, um, I think the Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl unless I'm showing otherwise. And he is one of the many players that you look at as a pro bowler and feel like he is going to get better better and better yes the Ravens have got Kyle Hamilton Patrick Quinn Patrick Quinn Patrick Queen sounds like a troll man um but I just feel like what he's done this season he leads um the NFL with you know anchoring that's part of the field and he's really been credited I think he's like a 78.7 rating on PFF in his position he has not allowed a single sack in almost 500 pass blocking opportunities I think he's a huge player for this team. And he really, we've seen this year about how much Lamar Jackson has been able to evolve his play where a couple of years ago or even last year he would have ran down the field. This year he's standing there. He's making decisions. And some of that is from seeing the way the guys like Tyler Linderbaum play. They're giving this team more time. They're giving the team more time both on and off the field to actually make decisions which are helping to elevate and evolve Lamar Jackson's quarterback play. Too much Ravens love on this podcast, do you think? Shout out to him. No, just, you know what? I'm listening to you there and I've taken notes for next week because obviously they're on the point. There's no point wasting the content now. We've tons to get through and not enough time to get to it. But there's, I think there's pros and cons uh, to the Ravens that we're certainly going to get to. They're obviously an extremely exciting team. When you start to nitpick them, um, there's things that I want to say now, but let's just say until next week and move on. We're going to have a different audio segment for this next part. So just as we finish up this audio segment of this podcast, Mark, give us one bold prediction ahead of this weekend for the sheer crack on the spot. Go, 20 seconds. What's a bold prediction worth, though? Anything. Um, my bold prediction, uh, blah, 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 I think that the Texans beat the Browns. Oh, is that even bold anymore? I, mean, I, don't oh, I think it is the Browns. Oh, it has to. Please let me off the hook here. <laughs> Give me that as a ball prediction. I think it's. I think it's worth it. I think it is. Uh, just uh, we're going to talk about it a bit more. So I, I, we're going to talk about it in the next section. That is. So let's say. Yeah. That. Let's jump over to the next audio. The next audio section. If you're on the video, if I get time to edit the video this week, I should do. You're not going to miss anything. 